Hey, 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 welcome back to episode 77 of the Courtside Crossover with Chris Partee. As always, we're brought to you by FullPressCoverage.com. You can check us out on the Full Press Coverage app, Spreaker, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere else you find podcasts. Find me on Twitter and Instagram at Chris Partee. All right, this is our last show of 2022. Got a special guest. He's been with us a few times this year. Want to bring in the king of YouTube. My man, Sava, from Courtside with Sava. What's up, brother? Hey, how's it going? I'm just happy to be here, man. Always great conversation. I'm excited. I'm excited for this one. Always. I know you're especially excited because we're going to get in Mm -hmm. to some Luka Doncic talk today. We're going to talk about Luka because he's been, I mean, he's ripping through the league right now. Like, nobody has an answer for him. We're going to talk about the Nets a little bit. And towards the end, we'll go through both of our, we'll go over some top moments. I wanted to kind of reflect and look back on the calendar year, not just so far this season, but going back into last season, um, the last half of uh 21-22 season. So um, let's get started right now. Luka Doncic. All right. I want to just run through this real quick. So over his last five games, right? Or sorry, wait, mm-hmm. last one, two, three, four, five. Over his last six games, this is what Luka has done points-wise. Against Minnesota, at Minnesota. Actually, they had two, they had back-to-back games in Minnesota. The first game, he only scored 19. Then he put up 25. Then he had a 50-burger on the Rockets against the Lakers 32. And then he dropped that 60 point game against the Knicks mm-hmm. and then another 35 against Houston. Luca is looking like the MVP of the league right now. I know mm-hmm. you're not going to disagree with me on that, right? <laughs> no, 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 I'll, I'll give you that one. As, as far as the MVP and the definition of MVP goes, that's what you got to be looking for. And when you say definition, meaning basically without him, that team is probably in last place in the entire league. I'm guessing that's what you mean, right? Yeah, without him, I mean the team is winning the championship in the G League. Oh, if, if, yeah, that bad? Maybe, maybe, maybe not. Well, I mean, obviously it, they are a solid team, not as bad as people are giving them credit for, but they by no means a contender without Luca, and and that's that's what it is, and that's what people are supposed to be treating it as. You know, Luca makes them better, but without him, yes, they they are pretty bad. So is this? So I know the last two years for sure. I know a lot of people had him favored. Mm-hmm. to win the MVP, and obviously he didn't. Um, Nikola Jokic did. Is mm-hmm. this finally the year that Luka wins it? Because uh, Jokic is also still up there be- yeah. because of what the Nuggets are doing, right? I think, are right. they still in first place in the West? I believe they are, right? They I believe they first. are. And- they were in first. Mm-hmm. So, what is it for you, in your opinion, is this finally the year where Luka breaks through and can finally win the MVP? Because his numbers are through the roof. They're just spectacular. I think as far as him, like his chances to win MVP compared to what he had in the previous years, even though he was a favorite before the season, he never really backed it up as much throughout the season. As far as that goes in his individual performance, yes, this is definitely his best year so far, his best stat so far, um, and he has the highest chance to win MVP. With that being said, there, there are a lot of people who can contest him for the title. I mean, Jason Tatum been doing great things. Um, Joe Embiid. Definitely deserves it. Giannis, in a way, of course. You know, he's up there. And like you said, Nikola. I mean, there, there are a lot of it, – it's wide open, but as far as Luka and his chances goes, yeah, it's probably the best chance he had in years. So because of this – so the the win – I think they're on like a six-game win streak right now. Because of that, Dallas is all of a sudden – they're jumping – they're in the top five now in the West. They're, they're, they're number five in the West as we speak right now. So – right. That also matters in the MVP voting, though. You can't be the eighth place team and just have all the numbers. You know, the voters want to see that you, that you contributed to winning as well. I right. think if they, if they finish top four or five, 
I mean, I think it's a great – I mean, even though they did that last year, he didn't get it. But still, what the numbers he's putting up this year, along with winning and along – Jalen Brunson's gone, right? Yeah. Jalen Brunson's yep. not there. I mean, Saba, who's their number two? Who's their legit – who's their number two guy? Like, can you really pinpoint anyone on the team that's the, the legit number two? It's hard. I mean, Dinwiddie, Tim Hardaway Jr., there's – there are options. It's inconsistency, though. I mean, yeah, even Christian Wood, like I, I was hyped about him before the season. At times, he looks perfect. He looks just like what Luka needs. And then at times, he looks like a G League player. And it's super frustrating. So, like you said, it, it's hard to pinpoint the second best player in the team. So, as far as like, – I'm glad you mentioned Christian Wood. I think everybody thought when they picked him up – uh, before the season, that that was just going to be like an instant. All right, that's your second guy. You guys right. go and you win a bunch of games. It hasn't. Right. It's been a slow process. Why do you think it's been such? It, it, is it the fact of playing with Luca? Because I know for some guys, it's been kind of hard to play with him sometimes. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's that, or is it just the whole just getting acclimated with the team? Because we're still in December. We're barely two and a half months into the season. Really, it, it's still fairly early, but we have to look back. And like the moment we when Wood got signed, right? Because like for a lot of people like me and you, people who were covering this, everybody said like, oh, they're going to be a duo. They're going to play together. They're going to win as many games as they can. And then literally the first thing that we heard from <laughs> Dallas is he's going to come off the bench. Yeah. <laughs> and JaVel McGee is going to start over him. And and that's when I was like, okay, what's going on here? Like what what what's the idea? You know, because I, I, I'm not saying JaVel McGee is a bad player. He's an NBA champion, super experienced vet, probably as much as you want from your vet center, but he's not a starting five. Like, it's just slow too late for him. So that that's when the whole thing started. And like you said, probably it is the fact that it's still kind of early or it's the fact that maybe, I don't know, maybe they just want to find another piece as far as scoring goes to put alongside Luca, but other than that, I don't know. It might be just too early. But I'm just trying to – yeah, and, and I think – obviously, I think it's still early. I mean, let's not forget. Now, they're not the same team. They're not as deep as Boston. But Boston started off very slow last year. Let's not forget that, right? Yeah. And then they just took off. You know, right before the All-Star break, I guess in early February, they just started to take off in all the way until they lost to the Warriors in, in, in the championship. But they, but they just took off. So – there's still time. Like I said, it's still early. Who's out there, though? You sp- you talk about another option to go get someone. I mean, who's really out there that you're thinking of, possibly, that they could go get? I mean, Bradley Bill resigned, so probably not him. A long-term deal, at least. I mean, who's really out there? As much as I hate to say it, Zach Levine's <laughs> an option. You said, oh, oh wow. Yeah, because that means if he takes him from your bulls. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. mean, do you think that's a realistic option? No, like, what are the what are what are the Mavs giving up to get him? I mean, as far as the pieces go, I I think their ability to put together a competitive package is probably higher than a lot of people expect. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, even packages of like Tim Hardaway Jr. and Spencer Dinwiddie together, that that's a good package. That plus some picks, they can get you a good player. They can get you an upgrade. Yeah. I mean, fair enough. Zach Levine might be a little steep at the price if if he's even becomes available, and maybe he doesn't want to go to Dallas. You know, how about maybe a little lower? It should put somebody like Buddy Heald. Okay. A perfect, a perfect shooting partner. You know, it doesn't have to be a bona fide all-star, a bona fide, like, second player who's an MVP level. Yeah. That's ideal. Granted, sure. Like, of course you would like to 
grab Nikola Jokic and pair him with Luka Doncic, except oh. for the part when it's impossible. It's just not realistic. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That would be a great fit, but it's just it's just not realistic. You know. So as far as like realism goes, somebody like Buddy Hield is definitely it's a good option. I like that actually. I had I never thought about Buddy Hill um, to the Mavs, but I mean, because he was, you know, allegedly he was on kind of on the trading block. You know, they were there. He's been on the trading block. Huh? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, I mean, like, yeah, he's already been trading and, you know, obviously he's been on it again, uh, even though he's with the Pacers now. I mean, that might be something for the Mavs to look into because I think he would be a really good running mate for Luka because he's a guy that doesn't need the ball. Right. Uh, that's and that's the thing you know you 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 never want to take the ball away from luca and that's that's a video that i did way back, back in the day it was like yeah. talking about what what the mistake that dallas wanted to make because up until like this offseason the conversation in the offseason with dallas was always like we need to get another point guard to play alongside luca and i i never got it i was like what do you mean you literally have one of the best playmakers who needs the ball to be successful yeah. You want to take the ball away from him, you know, and and it started way back in the day when Luca just basically just arrived in Dallas, and they were they had Christmas Porzingis, and they were like, <laughs> "Let's get him Kemba Walker." It's like, why, you know, and mm. and if you think you know I'm wrong with this particular idea, you can go back in the day, go look at James Harden and what he was doing because uh, there was a lot of comparisons, especially like this year. Between James Harden and Luka Doncic, a lot of people are saying like it's the oh. same case. It's a player who puts crazy stats, and you know it doesn't necessarily result in winning, or even if it does, it's not going to lead to championship. There's some merit to it, I I suppose. But they made the same mistake with James Harden. The idea when he was in Houston, when he was in his prime years, the idea was always let's give him another playmaker. It started with Ty Lawson, mm-hmm. um, and. I love Ty Lawson as a player. I I used to be. You went fan. way back on that one. Way, yeah. Well, hey, it's I, like twenty fifteen, right? When let, like me, let, me my, let me let me show off my knowledge. I just started watching this league yesterday. Okay, All right. <laughs> so, like, it started way back then with James Harden, Ty Lawson. It was like, let's take the ball away from James Harden. Obviously, it didn't work. And then they're like, well, you know, Ty Lawson is Ty Lawson. Let's get him a real point guard to play together. Chris Paul. Same thing happened. It didn't work out. And then. Up until Brooklyn, where he finally was playing in Brooklyn, and Kyrie was hurt, absent, whatever it was, and he was basically the primary point guard, and they were like, oh, yeah, he needs to be the point guard on the team. And now that he's in the field, it's like, oh, yeah, he needs the ball. He needs to be the guard there. Well, same same with Luka. You know, you don't need to pair him with Campbell Walker. You don't need to pair him with Chris Paul. It's, it's funny because they finally did get Campbell Walker to play with him. Yeah. <laughs> Who actually had one really good game. <laughs> Neither here nor there. But what Luka needs, I mean, he, he can handle the ball. He can pass. Let him do what LeBron did in his prime year. Let him improve the pieces around him. And there's only so far you can improve guys like Tim Hardaway Jr., Spencer Dirwitty, and everybody else in that team. But get him some real shooters. You know, Buddy Hill, the price is not going to be steep. And we know he's in the trading block. So go and get him. You know, and I think, to be honest, I think we've never seen the best of Buddy Hill in this league. You know, Probably not. Not like he, he he had situations where he had a green light where it's like, well, you can shoot as many shots as you want. But he like, did he ever really have a guard that like really improved him? You know, because he started with the Pelicans, right? Yeah. And then there were King, the Kings and Darren Fox and uh, Halliburton, you know, yeah. not in Indiana. Great guard, n- nothing. But 
that doesn't compare to Luca. No, they're not Luca. I mean, exactly. So <laughs> I mean, Luca's in a, in a class by at this point. He's in a class by himself. You know what I mean? Right. Just kind of for what he does, he's just kind of in. And you know, going back to kind of the the James Harden comparison, you know, I've I've thought for a couple of years now that their styles are very similar. In mm-hmm. the sense that neither one is super athletic as far as on NBA not compared to the average person. Yeah, they uh, are. Yeah, yeah. In in NBA terms, neither one is super athletic, but they can get to the rack against anybody. At least Harden could in his prime, and they can mm-hmm. get to their spots and get their shot off, step back, mm-hmm. whatever it is, anytime they want. Now Luca's right. a little bigger, obviously, than James Harden, you know, as far as height goes, he's a little bigger than him, but their games, you know, it's kind of like they play. They got like that, like we call old man game. They got that old man game kind of like they're not going to beat you with athleticism and speed, but they're going to beat you. It just doesn't matter what you do. You can't. Mm-hmm. And, and Luca's in that space now. Harden was in that space for about eight years when he got to Houston and a little bit maybe in Brooklyn, but he's no longer in that space, but he's still very good. Luca's like really in that space now. I think he's just really maybe hitting his prime now, like just starting to hit his prime, not mm-hmm. even fully there yet. So it's probably going to be a few more years of this where you just can't do anything with Luca. You just kind of got to let him <laughs> do him and hope you can stop everybody else. But speaking to that point, you're right. They need to get better shooters around him. Like mm-hmm. that's that that needs to be. I don't know what Mark Cuban and you know, what they're doing down there, but that needs to be the goal over the next year or two, because you don't want to waste this guy's prime. We see that too often where a guy, well, and I, I think you kind of alluded to that too with James Harden, where people said, oh yeah, he's going to score all these points, but he's not going to win you anything. We don't want to have to get to that point to where five years from now, like with them, Luka has done all this. Yeah, he's an all-time great, but where the ring's at. Let me add you one more thing to, your, to this conversation. Yep. There's no five years. We live in the era where Dallas is not going to have five years with Luca. If he's not happy, I know there's a whole stereotype of, you know, European players or, you know, players outside of yes, they are loyal to the team, you know, based of like Giannis and Dirk. But those are just, just a few examples. Yeah. There's a lot of players who came from overseas who just went where they got paid and where they can win games. <clears throat> and, oh, I mean, well, because that's how the league is, you know. Yeah. And... Luca, I mean, he's patient. He's patient now, and he trusts the process. But at, this, at some point, he's going to be fed up. You know, he's not going to say like, "I'm not going to do all that by myself." And I think as the league, you know, as we go more with the years, like players are getting less and less patient, and everybody's entitled about their own with their own opinion about this. Some people don't like it. Some people hate it. Some people love it. Doesn't matter. It's the fact. You know, at some point, Luca is going to grow frustrated. He's going to want out, and you definitely don't have those five years. I agree with you. I mean. I, I, I think we can all agree that no matter who you cheer for or root for, you would like to see great players be in a position to to play for and or win championships, right? Mm-hmm. I think I think Damian Lillard is a good example of what you're talking about is about the loyalty. Now, he's obviously not a European player, but just a, a star player that's chosen to stay somewhere where they just can't get him enough help. Right, but he now he likes it there. I get it. That's fine. And also, he's from the Bay Area, just like I am. He's from Oakland. Uh, Damian mm-hmm. Lillard is, and Portland is very close. It's a short flight back home. I get why he wants to stay on the West Coast. He's a West Coast kid. I understand that, but I would love to see him play for championships. I don't mm-hmm. think that's going to happen in Portland. I just don't. I don't. I, I would love for Luca to watch him. Now he got close last year. They got to. 
No one, I mean, we talked about this in the spring, you know, when they were on their run. I didn't expect them. I thought they were ahead of schedule, I, I, honestly. I thought they were ahead of schedule to make it that deep in the playoffs mm-hmm. to play to play against the Warriors. I just didn't think they were good enough to get there, but he was good enough to get them there. Another year or two, if they can't get even back to the conference finals, I think he's really got to think about, all right, well, can I really win here? Right. right? And that's what you're alluding to, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. But, I mean, you know, as far as the right the right here and now, I would have to say he's out of him and Giannis and probably Nikola Jokic, I mean, like the most unstoppable players right now. You might think it's Luka. I mean, I think it's an argument for all three, but Luka might be the most unstoppable player right now because he can get to so many different spots on the court. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, it's a matter of, you know, now he's been he, he's been able so far to kind of overcome the shortcomings of his team because there are other teams that are better than them, obviously, especially in the West. But he's just so good. I just don't mm-hmm. know how long he can keep that up as far as just carrying them. Because, I mean, we saw LeBron carry teams for years, but eventually you can't do that anymore, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, I don't know. But, again, like, like I said – I think this could be the year for Luca to finally win MVP. Um, and obviously you agree with that. I mean, it's going to be a close race. A lot of people are looking at Nikola Jokic again. I don't mm-hmm. think he's going to – like, do you realistically think he's going to win the third in a row? I just don't – it hasn't happened I, since Larry Bird. I, I just don't see it because as far as MVP goes and as their word, like it's not just about who's the best player. There, there's a narrative to it. There's a story to it. Yep. You know, and the last thing that the league wants is just keep handing out to the same players. You know, the, it's not going to happen. I mean, is are, are his stats and the team performance good enough to get him the third MVP? 100%. Is he going to get it? Very unlikely. I think it's unlikely as well. I mean, because when you look back, you know, the run that LeBron had, he never won three in a row. He, got, he won back-to-back twice, and those were his mm-hmm. four. Michael Jordan never won three in a row. Mm-hmm. He won back-to-back twice, I believe. During his run, he I think he won five or six. I think he won five MVPs total. If I'm, you know, you're a Bulls fan, correct me if I'm wrong. I think he won five MVPs, right, Michael Jordan? So uh, um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar won six. He never won three in a row. Now, Larry mm-hmm. Bird, the three he won was three in a row. But, I mean, that's been – we're talking about almost, what, 40 years since that happened? I mean – Much smaller league, too. Exactly, exactly. And the league was so different back then. So, I just – I don't know. It, it, it feels like sometimes the writers, the voters don't want to give it to a Like you said, they don't want to give it to a guy that much. Why do you think that is? They don't want to keep giving it to the same guy. I think, honestly, it just comes down to the narrative and just people getting bored. I mean, if, like you said, you know, guys like Kobe, LeBron, MJ, all of them were damn well good enough to get three MVPs in a row. Yet the league still felt like, no, we need to keep it fresh. We need to keep it original. We need to keep it to the guys. And I don't know, there's so many things wrong with the MVP award, in my opinion. Like, the whole thing, like, with Giannis and Harden, when they were going back and forth, and and Westbrook, (laughs) you know, when there was a year when, like, Harden was, he was winning, he was averaging 35, like, 10 and 8 or something like that. You know, the the Westbrook got a triple-double, and he he was, like, 60, and they were like, okay, well, that's the first triple-double, so, and, like, since Oscar, so you get the MVP now. Okay, cool, like, flash forward to the next year. Harden, once again, really good stats, slightly worse. And then Westbrook, 
it's another triple double. Like, well, we should have given it to James Harden last last year. So now we're going to give it to James Harden. But also, there's this new kid, Giannis Antetokounmpo. He's also really good. Yeah. Um, and then next year, once again, Harden has really good st- stats. And then they have to give it to Giannis just to, like keep it moving. So yeah, yeah, it, it's. I don't think it's really fair, but it's just not. <laughs> I mean, so do you think there should be like a different system? In a, in a way for the, I mean, because obviously the, I mean, the voters are, you know, a, a lot of the sports writers, the beat writers or whoever it is, sports columnists, they do a lot of the voting, like in most of the um, the major sports, at least. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think there should be a different system for vote, voting for like an MVP? I mean, there, there probably should be. I don't think there will be, you know, I don't think there will be either. Yeah. Like the, there are so many problems with the MVP award, because if you really look back at it throughout years, I can guarantee you cannot sit down next to me and define to me what the hell MVP means. Cause like it, it clearly doesn't mean the best player in the league because then guys like MJ and, you know, LeBron, they would get way more MVPs that they got. Is it the best player to the team? Well, that works in some cases and in some it doesn't. Yeah. So there is no clear cut criteria and it changes from year to year and it will keep changing there's no sense to it. It's whatever the writers want it to be. So, and that's one of the reasons why Nicole is probably not going to get a third one. I agree there. And I think also you talk about the criteria. There is none. That, that, that none. That's part, that's part of the issue. I believe and it sounds like you do too. The NBA has never set a criteria really for mm-hmm. the MVP. So it's left open to interpretation. So what I feel may be the MVP you may feel completely different, and now we're voting for two two different people, mm-hmm. even though it could be obvious that it's a you know a third guy, whatever it is. I mean, so it's just it's a lot of ambiguity in in the the voting for MVP. I, I would say, yeah, but yeah, I think Luca's got a huge chance this year. Like I said, I think if they finish like top four finish, and he's I think he's averaging thirty three a game right now. I know he was leading the league. I don't know if he still is. He was the he's been first or second pretty much all year mm-hmm. as far as scoring goes. If he finishes up there and they finish, you know, top four, I think you know, like you said, since they probably don't want to give it to Nicola again, it'll probably go to him because you got to realize you, know, you got to think back the two years before Nikola Jokic was Giannis, right? Mm-hmm. So. Right. Yeah, it's almost like all right, like kind of like you said with Harden and Westbrook. It's almost like they do a makeup sometimes. Exactly. That's, we didn't, that's exactly. Mm-hmm. We didn't give it to you last year, and you could have got it, but this year, since you still were great, we're going to give it to you again. Even though that very next year, um, Westbrook did another triple double. Exactly. <laughs> right. That, 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 well, that's why I feel like guys like you know Embiid can be a shot because Embiid and you know Jokic were pretty close last year. And it was a solid debate of like who's supposed to get it. Jokic ended up getting it. So yeah. I think there's a very high chance this year, as long as Embiid's going to stay healthy and going to stay productive and they win enough games, they're going to look at it as like, well, I mean, he had a solid case last year and he's still good. So Joel Embiid it is, you know, Luca next year. So, and you know, to, to that to that point, one last thing and then we'll move on. I, I think what really helps Luca in that sense is that you look at, at Embiid, Embiid has a lot more help. <laughs> Let's just be honest. He's got a lot more to lean on on those nights when he doesn't have it. Luca right. doesn't have uh, Tyrese Maxey's been hurt, but you know when he gets back, he doesn't have a Maxey. He doesn't have a Harden, right? He doesn't have a Tyrese Thibault. He doesn't have um, 
uh, Tobias Harris. He doesn't have all those guys uh, in uh, Dallas. So mm-hmm. I think that sometimes helps you if you're just so elite and you're doing it basically. I don't want to say on your own, but you just don't have as much help. I think that's going to end up helping Luca. I really do. I agree. I agree. That's a good point. I do. All right. Let's talk about the Nets real quick. Um, we've talked about them before. It seems like we usually talk about them for like the wrong reasons, <laughs> but <laughs> I got to give it to the Nets, you know, and and I, I haven't been a big proponent of them. I feel like they fooled people the last couple of years. Everyone's picking them to get to the finals. I picked them to get there a couple of years ago and they disappointed last year to go out in the first round. Now they're actually in second place or they're, yeah, they're in second place. They're two and a half games behind the Celtics and they've crept up the last, I guess, six weeks or so, almost quietly. There hasn't mm-hmm. been a lot of or too much talk out of Brooklyn. It's just been on the court. They're 23 and 12. They are looking good. I just want to ask you, do you really – do you think this is Fugazi? Is this just – are they frauds? Are they just kind of like putting us through the ringer again? They're going to get people's hopes up, and then they're just going to fail again in the postseason? Or do you actually think they can make a run and stay on track? And keep everybody in line. I, I got you. Well, see, there's a lot of questions. <laughs> right? Are they are they good enough to be playing at this level and keep a consistency and win enough games, compete for a championship? Yes, 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 yes. They're a great team. They have really good players. I mean, I shouldn't say the good team. As a team structure goes, they're probably not ideal. Yeah. But th- they have two really good superstars and one borderline all-star from before who – God knows what's going on with him. But <laughs> they, they have two really, really good players still playing an elite level, still competing for a championship. Like, if we're being completely honest, it's not surprising. It, it, the only reason why it is surprising is because, well, you know, we went what we went through with the Nets in the previous month. You know, we have the whole Kyrie drama, another Kyrie drama, another Kyrie drama, <laughs> then Kevin Durant went out, then Kyrie Irving went out. And then it's, you know... Like, the, there was never a question about whether this team is good or not. And there was, it was just a question of, like, is, are they actually going to go in the court and play basketball? You know? And yeah. now that they are, they are winning games. Um, is it sustainable? As long as they can sustain the momentum that they go in and keep everybody in check, I guess. Um, yeah, absolutely. I don't, I mean, you have Kyrie Irving, you have Kevin Durant. That's, that's a lot. It is. It is a lot. It's a lot of it's a lot of the stuff that I guess most fans want to see. It's a lot of the, mm-hmm. the pretty stuff, a lot of the fancy stuff. Right. A lot of mm-hmm. scoring, a lot of fancy dribbling by Kyrie Irving. But who does the dirty like who really does and who's going to do the dirty, the dirty work, the down, the nitty and gritty in the postseason against, you know, primarily Milwaukee or Boston? That That's my question. I don't know. If, I, I don't. I just. I don't think they're big enough up front to match up with either of those two teams. I, I, I think they would have a hard time with Philly, even because Joel, because of Joel and B. Right, and uh, I, I one hundred percent agree with you. And you know, there's definitely a question of whether it is sustainable in the postseason. You know, especially with the lack of postseason success in the previous years. And you know, you know how it goes once it goes to the playoffs. Yeah. The game slows down. Um, the teams are very specific and very particular in what they are doing, what they're not doing. Yep. And while, while, yes, I mean, of course, everybody in the NBA's coaching staff and the opposing teams, they all know who Kevin Durant is. They all know who Kyrie Irving is. They watch a lot of film. But going into the postseason, they're going to be 
clear-cut assignments where it's like, this is Kevin Durant. You're going to go out there. You're not going to let him shoot. And then, you know, while there are going to be cute 40, 50-point games by Kevin Durant in the regular season where, you know, he's just left unchecked, well, guys like P.J. Tucker going to come out in the, in the postseason and just, just harass him. And it, it's regular. I mean, it happens every single year. But the question for Ness is like, well, who's going to step up? You know, because Kyrie is going to have to pass out his shots. KD is going to have, have to pass out his shots. Ben Simmons is willingly going to pass out his shots. Even oh, if man. I'm sorry. Oh, man. <laughs> so... I'm feeling bad for Ben Simmons sometimes. I really do. <laughs> I do, and you know, everybody can go back and check among my my content. I I was always supportive, and I still am. I yeah, he's a great kid, and we all got our own struggles, and I I get it. But sometimes it's just no. You just I, watch that, and you're like, dude. I I understand, and. I just feel like, I mean, because if you just think back a few years, there was so much promise around Ben Simmons. Like, there was mm. so much promise, potential, so much that was expected. I mean, at one point, especially when he first came in uh, out of LSU, people were saying he could be the next LeBron or Magic Johnson-esque type exactly. player. I wrote an exactly. article about that about two months, about a month and a half ago, I wrote an article about that. And... But a lot of people don't remember that. I know you do because you, you know, you, you, you really deep into all this. I know you do, but people forget that the, the level of expectation was through the roof for Ben Simmons. Yeah. And he, to me, he hasn't even come close to touching that. He's had a couple all-star years and he's at been, times, huh? at times he, at times he remotely, maybe yeah. kind of sort of close, but, Never there and never consistently. He's had mo- okay. Let me rephrase that. He's had moments where he's been, you know, like mm-hmm. all right, this is the Ben Simmons we've expected. But like you said, it's that word that we always talk about in sports: it's consistency. Just in life in general, it's consistency. It hasn't been consistent. Now, I don't expect him to ever get, you know, to reach that. Now, after everything that's going on, I, I just don't. I think he, I think he possibly could get back to where he once was with Philly, but. Not to the point to where anyone's gonna mistake him for a Magic or a LeBron. Yeah, <laughs> I'll have to give you that one. Like I, I, I still barely believe he can be an All Star, but even that has given him a lot. <sighs> like you know that that's me being very nice and you being very nice, saying that he can get there. But yeah, LeBron comparisons that, that those things are long gone. And the only reason why I even say it is like because we can look at like somebody like Andrew Wiggins, right? who had to go through this whole of like, well, he's a bust because he had a lot of hype going Ooh, yeah. before the draft, you know, him and Jabari and Jabari obviously ended up a lot worse, but yeah, <laughs> you know, injuries, not, 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 not to his fault. Yeah. It, it was all injuries. We'll, we'll give him that. Um, but Andrew Wiggins, but for, for the longest time was like, well, he's a bust. He's a bust. He's a bust. Once he got to the Warriors, all-star, perfect role player, perfect small forward, knows his role, amazing player. Boom. And I, I think in the right situation with the right support system, there's room for Ben Simmons in this league. Yeah. But yeah, that definitely not on LeBron's level. <clears throat> no, not on not on LeBron's level at all. And I mean, like you said, sometimes you just gotta find the right fit. Like mm-hmm. you can't, you know, LeBron is a guy you can plug in anywhere, right? You can just put him on the team. Like essentially, Kevin Durant's kind of the same. 
You can put him anywhere. He's going to produce. Now, he may not win titles all the time, but he's going to produce wherever he's at. Mm-hmm. Ben Simmons, you know, like you said, Andrew Wiggins needed to find the right fit. He found that with Golden State. Now, he's been hurt this year, but he found that with Golden State last year, and we saw them. He was a big part. Like, I don't think they win the title if he's not a part of that team. Like, he was that big a part of that team. I, they're not winning the Dallas series without him, I would say. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah, Dallas. Yeah, Dallas. And, and if they did, it would have gone probably six or seven games, mm-hmm. right? Even exactly. if, if he wasn't there. I mean, so he played a big part in that along with a lot of other guys, too. But I think that that could be the case for Ben Simmons. He's just going to be one of those guys where he's got to find the exact right fit to yeah. really see a lot of his potential. I don't yeah. know if Brooklyn is that fit, though. Probably. You think? Yes. From, from what we see, at least so far, and them being successful the way that they are, you know, if you can be successful without them, then you don't really need them. Yeah. 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 I, I, I don't know. I mean, I wish Ben Simmons the best. I mean, I hope. Honestly, I'll be I, I'll be honest. I'm just glad to see him back on the court. Yeah. Right? I mean, because it was getting a little dicey there for a while. Mm-hmm. I mean, I actually thought at times, like, we might not see him play again. Seriously. Like, I, that actually crossed my mind. I I've, I've talked about it. I was like, we might not see him play again which is crazy to think about, but right. where we were with him in the Sixers, and even when he first got to the Nets, it's like, well, damn. I mean, he yeah, got not, not, not even the Sixers. I would, I would say, like, Sixers, yeah, there was some doubt. But once he got to the Nets and the whole thing started, you know, with, he literally just wouldn't go into the games. Yeah. Uh, that's when even I was like, yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So, I mean, but, again, glad to see him back. I'm willing to give him time. To just get it. I mean, we know he's not a shooter. I, I don't expect him to become, you know, Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving shooting the ball. He's just not a shooter. I, I think we can kind of give up on that. He may get mm-hmm. better. Jason Kidd got better at one point, but yeah, he's never going to just be like a guy that's going to take 10, 12 shots, 15 shots a game. I just don't see that happening with him. I don't. Right. I don't see it. Right. All right. So I have a real quick before I get you out of here. So why don't you give me a couple moments from the last year, one or two, whatever you got, however many you got, moments that really stood out to you over the last calendar year in the NBA. I got you. I'll, I'll give you – well, if you want to, I'll give you two. One that's definitely number one for me, and it's in calendar year. It's not in this season. I don't think I can really pinpoint anything in this season so far. Yeah. So I'll, I'll go to the, back to the previous season. It has to be that last game between Dallas and Phoenix. Well, I, 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 I did not know that was coming. <laughs> I, you know, I just with all the specula- speculation, trash talk, everything, you know, going back and forth, Luca and this, Luca and that, and just seeing that game when it was literally over within five minutes. I've never seen a playoff team get humiliated so bad, especially a team that went to the finals a year before. <laughs> it's just something about it. Um, and that was rough. It was rough. It was rough, but it was also fun. So, and, you know, I'm, I'm a full-time Phoenix hater, so. It's I'm, all I'm good. Allowed say, <laughs> I'm allowed to say that. <laughs> another one, if I get to give you another one, uh, yeah. it's technically two games. Well, one or two. Those two games that LeBron had um, early in 2022. One that was in Cleveland. I think another one was in, when he played uh, against the Wizards. Okay. Those two 50-point pieces. That was just mm. – it, it was good. It, it was good, you know, and you can not like LeBron. You can hate him or whatever. You know, just seeing those players perform at that level, especially that late in their careers, just going out there out there and saying, like, no, I still got it. 
It, it, it always just yeah. does something to you. It was like vintage LeBron, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And, and and we didn't even use that word really with LeBron. Like nobody says vintage LeBron because yeah. he still like puts up like the twenty-seven, seven, seven. Which exactly. Is, but but that's the one where you look at it and you're like, okay. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Um, I got one. I got a couple. Um, one for me, a bit like one that I really enjoyed, kind of unexpectedly was the Miami Heat. Even though I was big on them last year, was their run. So okay. the uh, Easter Conference Finals, and I mean, they were within a shot of. To me, they should have that that team should have shouldn't have been anywhere close to making the NBA Finals. I'll be honest with you, it really shouldn't. You look at that team. I mean, it's basically the same team from this year, and they're not doing right. much of anything. That team should not have. Boston should not have let that team take them seven games. I just, it's just amazing to watch Jimmy Butler sometimes. And we got about sixty seconds here, so I'll get through this quick. It's just amazing to watch how he how he how he can will that team, just on sure, just I'm not going to give up. Like, just don't yeah. give a fuck. I'm just going to get through this. It's just amazing how he can will that team sometimes. Um, the other one, Warriors winning their fourth title. I mean, no one really expected them to do that. To see them come back after having two years of being down and doing really nothing, that was mm-hmm. amazing to me. All right, Sava, I'm going to get you out of here. I appreciate it again. Um, give us your social media real quick. It's Courtside W Sava on everything. Uh, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. Find me. Follow me. Not as many contracts recently, but 2023 is the year. So it's all <laughs> Thank good. you we for going? me, man. It's amazing. It's all good. Sava's going to be back soon. I'll catch you next week. This has been episode 77. We'll catch you next week. Peace. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.